the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt, and our guest today is Lexi Law Dog. She'll be here on my lap or walking around on the floor, but she wanted to join me since uh, nobody else was going to be here. Today, we're going to be talking about recent Supreme Court decisions uh, that answered the question whether all pre-viability prohibitions on elective abortions are constitutional, and another case about whether the Second Amendment allows the government to prohibit ordinary law-abiding citizens from carrying handguns outside the home for self-defense. You can interact with us today by calling the radio station at 210-308-8867. That's 210-308-8867. 8867, or you can email me at host at talklawradio.com. That's H O S as in Sam, T as in Timothy, at talklawradio.com. Or the Facebook live stream, you can post comments there as well. Just search your Facebook for Talk Law Radio and look for Lady Justice in the red, white, and blue logo. Marquardt Law Firm sponsors our show, and attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans, and new businesses and old businesses, which might have issues with corporations, contracts, LLCs, family-limited partnerships, and we can help those who are facing problems from lack of planning, like in district court, county court, or probate court. The State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs attorney law licenses, and the State Bar wants attorneys to inform the public about the law. But because legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and because laws are ever-changing, material discussed in this program is meant for general informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information you hear today should be relied upon only when coordinated with your individual professional advice. Before we get started talking about the law, let's begin with prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day and for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us for our sins, for our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing or failing to do your will. Please help me give good information to the listeners about the recently decided Supreme Court cases today. Help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now it's time to discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me, talk about the law on the radio. And today we're going to be talking about recent United States Supreme Court decisions, uh, the first being whether all pre-viability prohibitions on elective abortions are constitutional, and the second being whether the Second Amendment allows the government to prohibit ordinary law-abiding citizens from carrying handguns outside the home for self-defense. 
I realize that these are controversial topics, and you can weigh in by letting me know what you know, or you can ask a question by calling 210-308-8867, or you can email me at host at talklawradio.com, or you can post a comment in the Facebook live stream. Just want to mention again, we're live on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, and later we'll be on podcasts everywhere where you listen. So I wanted to start with some history for those who may not be total, totally familiar with uh, the United States Supreme Court. I want to start by saying that the uh, United States, uh, has, our federal government has three branches. The executive branch, that's the president. The legislative branch consists of the House of Representatives and the Senate. And then the third branch is the judiciary. That's the Supreme Court and its lower courts. The Constitution gives uh, the judicial power to the Supreme Court and in such inferior courts as the Congress may from time to time ordain and establish. The judges, both of the Supreme and inferior courts, shall hold their offices during good behavior and shall at stated times receive for their service compensation. In all cases affecting ambassadors, other public ministers and consuls, and those in which a state shall be a party, the Supreme Court shall have appellate jurisdiction both as to law and fact with such exceptions and under such regulations as Congress shall make. So the U.S. Constitution is the one that gave the Supreme Court its authority over judicial matters. Something new that just recently happened is that Justice Breyer retired. Um, of course, in January, he let President Biden know that he was going to retire, and he just waited to step down until after the new justice was appointed. So just a couple of days ago, a few days ago, um, there was a new Supreme Court justice appointed, and she was born in Washington, D.C., uh, and she went to Harvard Law School, which a lot of them did, and she she worked in government, she worked in private practice, uh, she worked for the Sentencing Commission, and then uh, President Biden first appointed her to the United States Court of Appeals for, for the D.C. Circuit. And then uh, when he was informed of Justice Breyer wanting to retire, that's when he nominated her for to be the Supreme Court. And, of course, the Senate had to approve, and they voted to approve, and so she was installed just the other day. Okay, we're going to be talking about two Supreme Court decisions. Uh, of course, they make decisions all the time, but we only have enough time in a one-hour show to talk about a couple of them. And one of the reasons I want to talk about them is because the rest of the media has caused so much panic and confusion over what uh, the de decision really was. And so I wanted to I wanted to read the decision and tell you what some of the key points were so that at least you know what the case was about and you're not relying only on the media's interpretation. So we're going to take a break in a couple of minutes, but I wanted to remind you that we're talking about Supreme Court decisions today, the first one being about abortion and the second one being about the Second Amendment. Um, if you can imagine, um, it, it's a, not very often that the Supreme Court will make a decision about such highly controversial subjects at the same time. So uh, I know somebody out there is going to be upset and somebody out there is going to be happy about those decisions, um, but it, it's a volatile political climate right now. 
And uh, so that's why these cases are in the news all the time. The Supreme Court case regarding abortion is uh, Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. And uh, it was just decided just the other day, uh, June 24th. And so we'll be talking about that when we come back. And we'll be talking about the Texas heartbeat law. And we'll be talking about uh, something else that is going on with the uh, attorney general in regarding enforcement of a very old law. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. could be a nightmare for your family, which is why it's important to meet with an attorney before you go on vacation. Get your affairs in order just in case, God forbid, tragedy strikes and you become disabled or worse happens while traveling. Attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trust, and tax-protected inheritance plans. A living trust might save your family thousands of dollars. Protect what's yours at Marquardt Law Firm, 210-530-4278. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt. We're here on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, or you might be listening on podcast. Today we're talking about recent Supreme Court decisions, the first one being about abortion. That's Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. It's regarding a Mississippi law. And a little bit later we'll be talking about the Second Amendment case uh, that overturned a New York uh, law that that made that restricted um, carrying pistols in public. So first, we're going to talk about Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health. This case was just recently decided, June twenty fourth. It was a case about a Mississippi law that said that elective abortions after fifteen weeks of gestation were prohibited, and. This this is a uh, fifteen weeks is much sooner than the the old Supreme Court case uh, Roe and Casey, which had set uh, a precedent for making uh, abortions prohibited only after viability, which um, medical science had said was somewhere around twenty weeks. So for Mississippi to pass a law that said you couldn't have an elective abortion after 15 weeks. That was uh, going against those those Supreme Court cases that had decided that uh, an abortion could be made all the way up to the point of viability, which at that time was said to be 20 weeks. And this Supreme Court found that uh, there was no constitutional right to an abortion. Now, the the older cases didn't really say that either. Instead, they they talked about the right to privacy, and and they found the right to privacy wasn't really written into the Constitution either, but they derived that right through uh, an an analysis of several other rights, like um, the, the right to, well, the right to be free from unreasonable search and seizure, for example, that was part of the privacy right. Um, but we're we're getting into the weeds a little bit here. So the the court found there was no right to an abortion in the Constitution, and so um, that makes the the law easier to pass now to restrict abortions. And so that's uh, what some people are afraid of is that they once had the right to an abortion and now they don't. Well, what the the court said with this case in Dobbs is that um, it's up to each state to decide what their abortion law is going to be. And so here in Texas, uh, 
there was a, a recent law passed called the Texas Heartbeat Law that said that uh, a person could not have an elective abortion uh, after the heartbeat of the unborn child could be detected. And so we'll be talking about that in just a few minutes. So part of what the uh, dissenting judges, just justices had um, about this case is what, what they call stare decisis, which is Latin for uh, let the decision stand, uh, which means that courts would follow higher courts. Well, if you're the Supreme Court, then you would just follow your own decisions. And so they didn't think that after 50 years of uh, court cases that legitimized abortion that uh, that decision should be overturned because there were so many cases. And this this particular court, the, the justices that, that voted to overturn Roe versus Wade, they they felt like that there was enough justification to overturn and, and to not follow that line of thinking anymore. Well, let's get into uh, the Texas heartbeat law a little bit because that's where there's some um, misinformation going around. Um, some people think that um, there's, there's never going to be a, another abortion made ever, in Texas, well, there are some exceptions for the health of the mother, and so basically, it, the law, the Texas heartbeat law, anyway, it gives um, medical doctors and uh, hospitals um, a decision in that and finding whether it's necessary for the health of the mother, and so they just have to make a record of that. Um, there's an exception for medical emergency. Emergency, that's Section 171.205. The prohibitions do not apply if a physician believes a medical emergency exists that prevents compliance with this subchapter. A physician who performs or induces an abortion under circumstances uh, where there's an emergency shall make a written notation in the pregnant woman's medical record of the physician's belief that a medical emergency necessitated the abortion and a notation of the medical condition of the pregnant woman that prevented compliance with the subchapter. So there there are some things, um, and I'm not familiar with the medical procedures specifically, but uh, what I've learned so far is that the laws don't apply to treatment for miscarriages or ectopic pregnancy. So I wanted to talk to an OBGYN physician about what those things really are and what that means. I was not able to find somebody on short notice, but I am willing to revisit this conversation again. So if you know an OBGYN who would be thrilled to join me on Talk Law Radio to talk about this, please have them email me at host at talklawradio.com. That's H-O-S as in Sam, T as in Timothy, at talklawradio.com, and we'll get into the science of it all. Or you can call the station right now, 210-308-8867, and tell us what these medical procedures are. So that's the new law, the the Texas Heartbeat Law. Um, That was uh, known as Senate Bill 8, and it's in Chapter 171 of the Health and Safety Code here in Texas. Uh, Subchapter H, Detection of Fetal Heartbeat. So fetal heartbeat means cardiac activity of the steady and repetitive rhythmic contraction of the fetal heart within the gestational sac. So I think that they determined that the gestational sac is developed at about six weeks, and and that's just when they can hear the heartbeat. But 
you know that science and technology will develop and they'll figure out how to listen to the heartbeat sooner. And so we'll wait to see how that plays out. There's another statute um, that was already on the books uh, when Roe v. Wade was uh, passed, well, was decided in 1973. And so Texas had this law that was uh, codified in Chapter 6 and a half of the state penal code. And, and that statute criminalized any abortions not meant to save the life of the mother. So again, there were, even way back when, there was that exception. It said, if a person shall designedly administer to a pregnant woman or knowingly procure to be administered with her consent any drug or medicine or shall use towards her any violent or means whatever externally or internally applied and thereby procure an abortion, he shall be confined in the penitentiary not less than two or more, two nor more than five years. And if it be done without her consent, the punishment shall be doubled. Wow, that's a pretty stiff punishment there. Wanted to remind everybody, I'm Todd Marquardt. This is Talk Law Radio. We're talking about recent Supreme Court decisions today. And the first one being about abortion and the second one being about Second Amendment rights and gun control. And um, something that I've I've been reading about in the news is uh, abortion pills. So there's an FDA-approved medicine um, that's uh, known as Plan B because this is what, what somebody would take if they... Um, we're worried that last night they did something, and this morning um, they want to make sure that there's no pregnancy developing. And so that's that's a form of abortion, and so we'll see how Texas responds to something like that. And so there is a, a bill that's been filed in uh, Texas House of Representatives um, representatives Harrison and Oliverson to file abortion drug ban in the next legislative session. So even though Texas already criminalizes abortion by any means, these two representatives say the law is needed uh, to counter uh, things that are coming down with these pills. And so uh, there's another law House Bill number 1280, this is a Texas law. It's an act relating to prohibition of abortion and providing a civil penalty and creating a criminal offense. So this is the Human Life Protection Act of 2021. It was uh, carried by State Senator Angela Paxton, a Republican in McKinney, Texas and uh, Republican Giovanni Capriglione, hope I said that right, and Keller. It was passed in 2021 as House Bill 1280. There are some slightly broader exceptions than the older unrepealed statutes, uh, statutes, but the, the sharpest distinction is how they're enforced. House Bill 1280 makes it a crime, um, but it doesn't punish procedures meant to save the mother's life. However, it also allows an exception for abortions meant to save the mother from substantial impairment of a major bodily function. So that's not just to save her life, but to save the mother from substantial impairment of a major bodily function, making it slightly more permissive than the older ban. But it does uh, have stricter penalties than the older ban. One, it makes elective abortions a felony. It authorizes the attorney general to sue violators for at least $100,000 for each violation of the law. And doctors or nurses that perform the abortion 
after the effective date lose their license. So House Bill 1280 is going to take effect 30 days after the Supreme Court decision. So that was uh, June 24th. And so 30 days after that might be July 24th. And I will tell you about a Harris County District Court decision that has an effect on that. Stay tuned. could be a nightmare for your family, which is why it's important to meet with an attorney before you go on vacation. Get your affairs in order just in case, God forbid, tragedy strikes and you become disabled or worse happens while traveling. Attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trust, and tax-protected inheritance plans. A living trust might save your family thousands of dollars. Protect what's yours at Marquardt Law Firm, 210-530-4278. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, and we'll be on podcasts everywhere. You're listening today on Saturday, July 2nd, then I'm live, and you can call in with a question or comment about the recent Supreme Court decisions, namely the one about abortion and the one about Second Amendment rights and gun control. I was telling you about the uh, Harris County District Court case briefly before we took the break. And what happened is um, some of the abortion providers in Harris County uh, filed suit against the Texas Attorney General, Ken Paxton. This is in the District Court of Harris County. It's the 269th District. And I was able to obtain a copy of the temporary restraining order, uh, the order setting hearing on motion for temporary injunction. So the reason that uh, the abortion providers wanted to get an injunction is, of course, so that they're not uh, prosecuted for performing elective abortions and certainly not sued for $100,000 on each occurrence. Um they mentioned the the pre row ban on abortions, which was uh, a 1925 Texas penal code law, and so that would that was also uh, a criminal statute that uh, would put doc- doctors in jail for two to five years. Um, so there's there's a couple competing laws out there. Um, well, the attorney general says that even though Roe versus Wade um, made that 1925 law unenforceable, it was never repealed. So it's still there. And since the, the states can enforce their own laws now, uh, Ken Paxton is saying that, that a prosecutor could enforce that 1925 law if they, if they felt they needed to. Well, a temporary restraining order is based on uh, circumstances which uh, they they have to prove to the judge that there's no alternative remedy. If there were money damages, then that would be a sufficient remedy. Uh, you can't restrain somebody from from doing something unless there's no alternative remedy. And so they they made that argument that. Uh, there would be no alternative remedy. So in response, Attorney General Paxton filed something with uh, the United States Supreme Court going all the way back up to the highest court in the land to stop the Harris County District Court from enforcing their order, which was to stop 
the attorney general from prosecuting doctors and filing lawsuits against them. And and so the the Supreme Court has not made a decision on this. Um, and it's in the style of petition for writ of mandamus. And what that means is you're basically you're just going over that other court's head, the district court, to a higher court. And because it's of uh, constitutional magnitude, um, they're thinking maybe the Supreme Court will take it. But the Supreme Court doesn't have to take every case. And if, if they're on break, they may not be able to make a decision in time before the, the next hearing comes up, which is July 12th. That's when this same Harris County District Court is going to decide whether there should be a temporary injunction. That lasts longer than the temporary restraining order. So you're learning some uh, civil procedure here on Talk Law Radio uh, just by way of coincidence. Uh, If you woke up wanting to hear that, well, you've heard it here. So I want to mention again that we're talking about recent Supreme Court decisions today because I really think it's historic for the the court to have made decisions about two controversial subjects in such a short period of time. The other case that I want to talk about is uh, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association uh, versus Bruin. So there was this... Uh, New York law that prohibited ordinary law-abiding citizens from carrying a handgun outside the home without a license unless they could explain why they had proper cause to carry a firearm. Uh, So nobody could get a license to to carry a firearm in in New York unless they could convince uh, somebody that they had proper cause. And the gun laws are are left to the to the state governments to decide, and uh, unless it reaches a constitutional magnitude, and so the the last big decision with regard to Second Amendment rights was uh, District of Columbia versus Heller in which the the Supreme Court held that the Second Amendment protects the individual right to possess and carry weapons in case of confrontation. And in McDonald versus City of Chicago, the court held that this right is fully applicable to the states. So there, there have been a lot of questions over the years about that, but there was a, a split in the circuit courts of appeals about this, whether uh, a state could have a more strict uh, requirement that somebody have to explain what the proper cause was. And so there was the the second district affirmed the constitutionality of the New York law, and so it came to the Supreme Court. And you probably guess that the Supreme Court Uh, overturned that law, said it was unconstitutional, that uh, people don't have to explain why they want to carry a firearm, that the Second Amendment already gives them that right to do that. And so that might make you upset. Um, There might be circumstances going on in uh, the community, even nearby, which causes you to some concern for, for people carrying firearms. And if if you've been going through something like that, I'm sorry. It's tragic. And uh, something should be done. All I'm talking about today is the Supreme Court decision. I'm trying to make sure that everybody knows what these cases were about without any media bias and commentary, trying to just explain what the law says. So the the gun law, um, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin, 
That was uh, decided recently, uh, June 23rd, so just the day before the abortion decision. Of course, they don't decide everything all in one day. I mean, they, they have to think about it for a long time. Then they have to write this very nice opinion that has everything reasoned out. So this uh, gun control case uh, was argued to the Supreme Court November 3rd, 2021, and so they've been working on their decision all the way up until June 23rd. So the state of New York made it a crime to possess a firearm without a license, whether inside or outside the home. And an individual who wanted to carry a firearm outside his home could obtain an unrestricted license to have and carry a concealed pistol or a revolver if he could prove that proper cause exists for doing so. And an applicant satisfied the proper cause requirement if he could demonstrate a special need for self-protection distinguishable from that of the general community. Uh, that's quoted from a case in New York called N. Ray Klenowski, if you're interested. So the justices, by, by writing an opinion in the Supreme Court in this court case, um, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin, said that that, that law requiring proper cause was unconstitutional because the Constitution doesn't require any explanation whatsoever. Uh, the Second Amendment guarantees the right of the individual to bear arms. And so that's from some other uh, Supreme Court decisions. Now there's going to be another Texas lawsuit coming down. Well, it's already been filed. Um, Andrews, Blakey, and Firearms Policy Coalition versus Stephen McGraw and others. And the case is about whether the law that prevents people under the age 21 from carrying a pistol is unconstitutional. So I'll talk a little bit more about that before we get to the legacy segment. So stay tuned. It's an exciting day. for your family, which is why it's important to meet with an attorney before you go on vacation. Get your affairs in order just in case, God forbid, tragedy strikes and you become disabled or worse happens while traveling. Attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trust, and tax-protected inheritance plans. A living trust might save your family thousands of dollars. Protect what's yours at Marquardt Law Firm. 210-530-4278. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here on 9.30 a.m. The Answer and on podcast and on Facebook Live. So there are many ways you can catch me on talking about the law on the radio. And another way that I haven't mentioned yet, I just forgot, is uh, www.talklawradio.com. That's my website where you can find all the previous episodes of course, you can find all the previous episodes on a podcast as well. So I was talking about the Second Amendment gun control, gun control law in New York that was just overturned because the Supreme Court found it to be unconstitutional. And I mentioned that there was a court case filed in uh, federal court, um, but it's based on a Texas law um, that prohibits individuals from carrying a pistol if they're under age 21. So the argument is very similar that 
the constitutional right can't be restricted just based on age because uh, after age 18, uh, we're adults and we shouldn't have our rights restricted just because we're under age 21. There's nothing in the Constitution that says that under age 21, you're restricted from doing things. So let's see. This is an action to uphold the right to keep and bear arms as guaranteed by the Second Amendment to the Constitution. The right is guaranteed the right guarantees the individual right to possess and carry. We talked about the Heller case, talked about the McDonald case. So this lawsuit's been filed and uh the the judge in this case is asking for the parties to file a brief that explains how the new Supreme Court decision just decided June 23rd, how that decision would affect this question. So we'll be following this one, and feel free to let me know uh, what you think about it. You can call in at 210-308-8867, or you can email me at host at talklawradio.com. That's H-O-S-T at talklawradio.com. So the the right to keep and bear arms is in the Second Amendment to the Constitution. That's in the Bill of Rights. And what it exactly says is a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. That was from 1791. Also recently... Um, The Texas legislature passed uh, a bunch of new laws um, in last year, 2021, seven pieces of legislation to protect the Second Amendment rights in Texas. And one of those was uh, House Bill 2622 says that Texas is a Second Amendment sanctuary state. So that's uh, interesting. It prohibits assistance with confiscation and mandatory buyback programs, which are confiscation in disguise, provides for complaints to the attorney general to enforce uh, the sanctuary law against uh, political entities or subdivisions, Uh, it denies state funds to entities that violate this law, And so another one was House Bill 957, Decriminalization of Suppressors. It repeals criminal offense of possessing, manufacturing, transporting, or repairing a firearm silencer. Texas agencies like police departments and sheriff departments are prohibited from enforcing federal suppressor laws. It makes uh, suppressors not subject to federal regulation. Citizen making a suppressor may notify the state attorney general, who will then seek declaratory judgment from federal district court that such manufacturer is consistent with the U.S. Constitution. I don't know anybody that wants to be the test case for that. (laughs) Um, But if the feds find you with a suppressor that doesn't have a federal tax stamp, uh, that is a felony. And so if you go to jail, what this law is saying that you can uh, ask the state attorney general for help. House Bill 1927 was all about permitless carry. Uh, Before, you had to have a specific license if you wanted to carry a concealed handgun. And what this bill says is that... um, The Constitution never prohibited that, and so the state of Texas is not going to require anybody to have a concealed carry permit as long as you're legally uh, permitted to carry, uh, permitted to possess a firearm. So there are some people that are not allowed to possess firearms, 
the Federal Gun Control Act codified in 18 U.S.C. section 922 makes it unlawful for certain categories of persons to ship, transport, receive, or possess firearms or ammunition. These people are uh, convicted felons. That is, any conviction in any court of a crime punishable by imprisonment for a term exceeding one year, a person who is a fugitive from justice, a person who is an unlawful user of, or a person who is addicted to any controlled substance, a person who has been adjudicated as a mental defective or has been committed to any mental institution, a person who is an illegal alien, a person who has been discharged from the armed services under dishonorable conditions, a person who has renounced his or her United States citizenship, a person who is subject to a court order restraining the person from harassing, stalking, or threatening an intimate partner or child of the intimate partner, or who has been convicted of a misdemeanor crime of domestic violence. These are all people who are not allowed to possess firearms. So the, the reason this is important is because if you happen to have one of these problems or issues, and you, you're carrying a concealed weapon, well, then you're going to be hammered twice because you're not supposed to have it to begin with, and then you're not allowed to uh, have it concealed because you're not allowed to have it. So I wanted to make that known that the constitutional carry does not excuse uh, the Gun Control Act of... Uh, forget what year that was. Anyway, so the... We were talking about constitutional carry, House Bill 1927. There's a, a few other bills that were passed, um, but I'm running out of time, and I want to talk about legacy. You know what time that is, right? And now, it's time for the Talk Law Radio Legacy Spotlight. What's your legacy? Sponsored by Marquardt Law Firm. So the interesting thing about the Gun Control Act that I was just talking about that prohibits somebody from even being allowed to possess a firearm is that part that says addicted to controlled substance. Well, let's just imagine that you're the executor of an estate or trustee of a trust, and it says in the will or the trust that you're supposed to distribute firearms to an individual who you know to be addicted to controlled substances like, I don't know, have something that originated from having back pain. So may, maybe uh, something with codeine in it, maybe uh, a pill that has is some form of an opiate. Um, I'm not, I can't specify what those pills are called because I'm not a pharmacist or a doctor uh, and I don't play one on TV. But if you are uh, and you know what those controlled substances are, uh, please contact me so that we can have you on the show. Uh, my whole point here is that you may have a close relationship to a relative, a sibling, a child, a grandchild, and you may be called to uh, give them a firearm because it's written into the document, but you, and and you later find out that they're addicted to these drugs, and what you have done is accidentally committed a felony, because if you give somebody a firearm that's not entitled to have a firearm because they're a prohibited person under the Gun Control Act, then you committed a felony even if you didn't mean to. It, it doesn't have to be intentional. So the reason I'm bringing this up is because there is a solution. If, if the deceased person had their firearms in a gun trust or a NFA trust, it would specify that it's the trustee's duty to find out if the beneficiary 
has problems with addiction to controlled drugs. You have to find out if your beneficiary has uh, been convicted of a felony. You have to find out if your beneficiary has been dishonorably discharged. You have to find out if your beneficiary has been convicted of a misdemeanor domestic violence charge. Not all of those things are readily apparent, and even if this is a close relative, those are all things that your close relative probably doesn't want to talk about during Thanksgiving or Christmas. These are things that they're not talking about. And so uh, you don't want to be responsible for giving somebody a firearm that's not allowed to have one. Uh, And not just because you're going to get in trouble, because maybe it's a bad idea for that person to have one. Now, under some circumstances, the, the person that is challenged by these issues can have those issues changed through a judicial process. So if, if you have questions about that, uh, there's a lawyer at Marquardt Law Firm named Alex Vollmer who is uh, well-versed in that process. Uh, just give us a call at 210-530-4278. Well, that's it for today. Another one in the books, as uh, Mark would say. Uh, you've heard it here on Talk Law Radio, recent Supreme Court decisions If you want to talk more about this because you're a physician or you know one who can tell us all about the procedures done to save the health of the mother, or if you know more about um, the the court case that's coming down uh, regarding the constitutionality of preventing those individuals under age 21 from carrying a pistol, give us a call. Thanks. Talk to you later. Probate could be a nightmare for your family, which is why it's important to meet with an attorney before you go on vacation. Get your affairs in order just in case, God forbid, tragedy strikes and you become disabled or worse happens while traveling. Attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trust, and tax-protected inheritance plans. A living trust might save your family thousands of dollars. Protect what's yours at Marquardt Law Firm, 210-530-4278. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.